Welcome, everyone, to a new episode of House Call, a Crit Rate podcast. I'm your host, Justin Skirbo, and today I am joined by Justin Chow. I'm here. And everyone, listeners, we have some very special guests with us. We are joined by Steve Jimenez and Zoe Serbin from TikTok Games, makers of Wrestle Story. Guys, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It is so nice to have you. Yeah, thanks Hello. for having us. This is great. Awesome. We just got done with a phenomenal conversation going through some of the data that we were able to pull down for you guys from PAX. Uh, of course, our ascendiary game of show. Amazing. Ooh. Stoked mm-hmm. for you guys. Congratulations. Uh, absolutely. Congrats. Are in Thank order. you, completionist weirdos. <laughs> I, I am one of those completionist weirdos, so I, you know, yeah. you're welcome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's awesome, man. But we're so stoked for you guys. I mean, right away as we were walking around the show floor, like when when Justin and I got there, a, a weird inside story is we only had so much information about the games that were at PAX. Mm-hmm. So we only had 40 pages made up for our big activation when we got there. So on the day beforehand, we're running around to all the booths taking photos of people's like signs oh and stuff, God. so we could then make the pages that day yeah. and it was we funny when i shoot i sh- and i shoot you away with a broom i was like get, get <laughs> that's right it's already yet <laughs> uh, but no. yeah i mean but when we passed by wrestle story right away i was like oh my gosh this has such a vibe it looks so cool and that's a testament to your work zoe right the uh the art director of tiktok games is that right yeah, I did, uh, I did some of that art. Um, we got a great team, <laughs> we got a great team but um, uh, yeah, most of the, the booth stuff um, was stuff that I cranked out sort of in preparation for PAX. So it's I'm awesome. glad it resonated with you. Thank but you. also, the, you you established the art style of everything. Yeah, it's not that's just true the as well. Of the um, it's, just, you know, it's all the yeah. years of hard work of like <laughs> trying out different characters and different art styles. Yeah, you're really underselling yourself there. Yeah. Well, <laughs> um, we wanted to make something that would that would really appeal to a wide audience and kind of pull mm. people in. So um, it seemed yeah. like it had that effect of PAX, which was very validating and exciting yeah. to see. Most definitely. As, like I mean, the creative director, are you also like working on the UI as well and how all of that flows or is that a completely different? Yeah, I figured. Cool. Yeah. yeah so like, so it's, it's like hard. <laughs> it's, I feel like it depends on the studio and the size of the studio, but um, our team is small enough to where, you know, we, we all kind of have to contribute and, and do different things. So, you know, with me working on design, I'll, I'll work on kind of like UX flows and stuff or how the game's actually going to flow. And then Zoe and I will kick stuff back and forth to each other and we'll have other designers that contribute. And so mm-hmm. it's, it's very much like a fluid process of like, we yeah. don't have one like UI person per se. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, we've been on projects that do have that, but for our game, it's kind of like, Hey, here, check out this picture of this game's UI. It looks really cool. Can we make yeah. ours like half as cool as that? You know, like, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, not a UI artist, so that's something that, like, I would say is a is a is a skill set on our skill. team that I would really like to have, yeah. um, you know, in the future. So, you know, for I like the time your UI. Being, <laughs> I, think, I think that it's come together. I think that it's come together for the demo really nicely. Yeah. Like, I think everything mm. works. I think it's intuitive and it's clean. Yep. Um, and you know, so I'm, I'm pretty happy with how it's turned out. But yeah, definitely. This is like is. the coolest conversation. UI. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, that's why we come to crit rate. Told, there's so many things that go into making a game. And like, so Justin and I have been doing our thing for about eight years. I'm not a creative person. I went to school for business. 
what a waste. But still, regardless, <laughs> I mean, I would say like I've learned a lot over the course of playing video games and then seeing design and like informative, you know, communication sure. through design that it's it's fascinating and it's, it's very interesting. But like when you have a small team, you got to put on many hats and it's like how sure. big is the team over there? Where are we at? I mean, we so we sort of like vary. So our our team at the studio at large, like recently was close to like 100 people. But nice. that's like working on a bunch of different titles. Like we work on um, a game called Rift of the Necrodancer with um, Brace Yourself Games. Oh, yeah. so we're doing Dude. co-dev with those guys who are amazing. Dude, that's awesome. Um, we also do a bunch of like different kind of mobile games and licensed games and stuff. So like we've got a pretty big pool of like really talented mm-hmm. people. And luckily enough, we're able to kind of like say, hey, can we borrow this person for oh, a week? Or, or Do you know I what I mean? See. So the core team um, for a couple of years for this game has been myself, Zoe, um, and then just a few other individuals, our designer, yeah. Jesse, our lead programmer, uh, PJ, and then just a, a bunch of other like kind of, you know, under double digits amount of people. But mm-hmm. luckily we were able to scale up and get a bunch of cool 3D models and, you know, okay. had a bunch of really fun contributors. What uh, an amazing so, yeah. Skillshare like system. Yeah, it's like, so it's like a, I mean, is Hack House the right term like it's a bunch of people under the same umbrella that is like oh you need this kind of help you should talk to this person because they've done something similar and they might be able to answer your question yeah i think i think it's it, it it's kind of got that vibe and i think we like strive for it to have that vibe as much as possible but you know it can be tricky like when you have a bunch of different projects that all yeah. need to be shipped on at a specific time and whatever like mm-hmm. luckily with this game this is a little bit more of our like passion project so we can mm-hmm. gestate and, and and let it kind of grow but um for our other games it's like nope this this has a marketing budget and needs to come out at this specific time or whatever so yeah so i'm actually curious uh just a bit more about tiktok games uh steve being the creative director i'm kind mm-hmm. of curious what your sort of like role in in the like did you create this company? Was it you and a team of people? Like, like how, yeah. how did this whole thing come to be? Yeah, so um, the company was founded, I believe, 2011 um, by uh, our CEO, our current CEO, Sharif Morse. Okay. Um, he's, you know, sort of a super lifelong uh, game dev guy, um, spent a lot of time um, at companies like WayForward, um, working on oh, like cool. Shantae and, and, and a bunch of cool platformers over there. Um, and has just kind of gone through a whole bunch of different companies, Sony and and um, Disney and Nintendo, or excuse me, and uh, Nickelodeon. Um, so wow. he's been around making a lot of games for a long time. Has really kind of built up um, his reputation. And he just went off and wanted to start his own game company. And they and they early on had a bunch of really strong mobile hits, um, games like uh, Pug Run and Panda Pop. So Panda Pop is like a massive like success of a bubble shooter um, okay so a lot of the sort of foundation of the company really was um hey i really just want to make my own fun games and we sort of take on contracts and stuff to really bolster our budgets to be able to make mm-hmm. the really fun stuff that we want to make but yeah um yeah we tick i joined tiktok in i want to say 2016 2017 but i met sharif and those guys way back when i was working at a company called majesco which is like yeah you know, now, now non-existent uh company yeah but, dude, but we worked on adventures a- of pip with those guys back then which was which was a, a 2d platformer where you're like you play as a little pixel and you evolve into you know a larger guy um, that's so, so awesome yeah i've known i've known those guys for a really long time and i just they're just so fun like when i first met sharif 
you know, he's this character and he's, he's this, this really like smart and engaging guy. And when you meet him, you don't forget him. You know, he's like mm-hmm. that kind of person. Um, yeah. I just remember we, the first day we talked about games and, and we talked about Dreamcast and like all of our, my favorite Dreamcast games. Was this the interview? Are you telling us about the interview? No, right no, now? this is literally, <laughs> this is literally when I, when I was working at Majesco on a game with those guys. Oh, I see. Okay. So yeah, sorry. I'm like going off into nostalgia land now. And no, I love it. <laughs> Come back, save, save yourself. Um, uh, uh, and so, yeah, a long story short, though, I mean, I think like Sharif's commitment to just making fun games and mm-hmm. creating a fun studio has it's made it's basically made a place where I just don't want to leave, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, um, which is great. Yeah, that's it's a, all- it's, a good, it's a good problem to have. I'd, I'd love to go even a bit more. We were on nostalgia road, right? So I almost want to dig yeah. in a little bit deeper for both of you guys. Yeah. Uh when it comes to like making games, I mean, not an easy thing, not skills you just kind of like pick up, right? <laughs> it's kind of like you have to sort of make a choice at some point in your life where you're like, okay, like I'm in and this is what I want to do. And like through hell or high water, I'm going to be a part of this. I mean, that was certainly Justin and uh, my journey and current continuing journey into the industry. But uh, I'm curious for you guys, like when was there that inflection point for you? I mean, Zoe, do you want to kick us off? To, like, where was that point where you were like, Okay, games. This sure. is my this is my lane. This is where I'm going. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I actually have kind of the opposite story. I I went to school at USC for games. I was in the interactive media department, and um, while I was there, I was like, I just want to do animation. I actually I love playing games, but I started taking coding classes. I did took some 3D classes, and I was like all of this is destroying me. I can't code. (laughs) Whenever I was taking a class where I had to code, it would put me in like the worst mental state. I was just like, I I cannot survive on this earth like this. Um, I get that. I get that. Yeah. My brain, my brain doesn't work in that way. So Mm -hmm. it was really difficult. Um, And so I just kind of decided, you know, I'll go into animation instead um, because I like to draw and I like animation. And that was kind of anytime I was working on a games project, I was Mm -hmm. doing the art side of it. And I was trying to work with somebody who, you know, did the more technical side of it. Um, And then so when I graduated from college, I went into stop motion animation. I did that for a while. Then I decided it's probably not, you know. There wasn't a lot of longevity in that career for me uh, or in that career wise for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I started trying to get into the animation industry more. Um, okay. And I was applying to games jobs, but I wasn't getting any games jobs. I don't know. I was just like applying all over the place and I wasn't getting getting anything. And then um, I actually, an old uh, classmate of mine who worked at TikTok was like, I want you to come work at TikTok. And I was like, I just don't want to work in games. Like, I don't know. I, wow. Anything but games. <laughs> I have like this bias, I think, because a lot of the like the social dynamics as well of like being a woman in the games program at USC was like mm-hmm. really off-putting to me. So mm-hmm. um, it just, I was like, that's not for me. But I, again, I met Sharif. We had a, we had breakfast together and I was like, uh, this sounds pretty cool. Like Sharif is really cool. The job sounds great. Like the company the Sharif factor is great. is important. I think yeah. it sounds like the Sharif factor is like a serious important factor. <laughs> Seems yeah, like a very oh, like definitely. potent individual. Like I feel yeah, like I gotta meet this guy. That's actually a really great way to describe him. He's a potent individual. I'll give yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah. I just sort of I think you know I kind of feel like I fell into it, and not to say that I don't have a skill set that works well in games. Like you know I know how to use yeah. Unity. I 
I know how to animate. I know how to design things for games, but it wasn't, I guess, my intention to end up in the games industry. Um, mm-hmm. Even though I went to school for it, um, yeah, yeah. I just I did, sort of had a bias in my brain of like that that wouldn't be a good environment for me personally. But yeah, yeah. I'd say like okay. I totally understand the the game industry side of things. But man, animation, I've I like I like to now pretend like I'm kind of like a designer of some sort that has some opinions about things. But like I've tried the whole animation stuff and just in pixel art in general and like walking cycles. Oh my God. You can go in. It's just so it's like (laughs) I have the books. I've tried to read them. They are thick with philosophies on animation. (laughs) And it's just what a, what a choice to make. Like I've seen, like I'm uh, literally, how did you get to choose uh, animation? Literally, well, literally like on Monday I was in the office with Steve and I was like, trying to animate fire and i said to steve i was like animation is so hard like yeah she's just sitting there just like rubbing her eyes just like like, this is so hard why do i do this um i don't know i just think it's wonderful it's i think it's amazing that you can take drawings and put them in succession and make them move like there's something very simple about that Um, well and zoe is like an animated person in in general like you're a very animated person so like I love one thing I love about like watching Zoe's work come to life is that I can like see her moving in it, if that makes sense. So like any of the characters as they're moving in our game, I'm like, oh, there's there's Zoe. Do you know what I mean? Like, and and that's not to say there's so many other animators and so many other people that have contributed to animations on our project. Our our lead Mm -hmm. animator is this guy Tannen Coastal, who is incredible. He's awesome. He's been in the industry for longer than both of us, and he's amazing. He's he's such Mm -hmm. a jack of all trades kind of guy. Um, yeah, but like the way that Zoe is able to like direct these animations and create these animations, it's great. And one of my favorite things is just like I'll I'll say a bunch of dumb stuff and be like, "Can you make it do this?" And she's like, mm-hmm. and she just gets it, you know, like she's yeah. like, "Yeah, go for it." Um, that's, that, awesome. that's the best thing about Zoe. She doesn't make me feel crazy for saying crazy things. Meanwhile, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm like, "What the heck was she talking about?" Yeah, yeah. yeah. Fire, like fire's not bouncy enough. I'll, yeah. I'll also just say, and I'm not even just like trying to be nice right now, but like the literally the animations in Wrestle Story are so freaking good. Like it, the characters are like breathing. You know what I mean? Like it seems mm-hmm. so fluid. It's it's really really cool. So if any of our listeners haven't seen it yet, like treat yourself <laughs> to yeah. a trailer so today. Much. Like it is yeah, really really, really great. nice. Thanks. Yeah. Thank it's you. funny though. I like mean, Steve. That was. Oh, go on. Oh, I was just gonna say that was like you know the biggest one of the biggest parts of wrestling is like the emotion of the characters oh, yeah. and the so they're all moves, actors right emotion, like, yeah. yeah and so like we really wanted to make sure that when we were designing our characters figuring out what the art style was going to be and then figuring out like how we were going to animate them and you know how close up we wanted to be able to get to the characters and what sort yeah. of um restrictions that would put on uh you know the polygon oh, the, or whatever like the characters started like, much smaller and like squished up right yeah. and like they were like they weren't able to do the big kind of gesturing animations right like so so like looking at like comic books right where there's a there's a frame and the character has to convey motion in a single frame mm-hmm. um it's the same thing as wrestling where they have to gesture out to you know 20,000 plus in the in the rafters right so it has to be yeah. big and huge and we just weren't able to achieve that and then we're like well, let's just stretch the characters and make them bigger let's give them elbows make- and knees and now we have to animate yeah. way more limbs <laughs> I was gonna say, why do i see zoe in this meeting and they're like let's just make everything bigger just like oh yeah, <laughs> yeah that actually might be true 
<laughs> that actually might be true. Um, oh man. Yeah, but we just wanted we wanted the emotion of the character to come through really clearly, and um, you know, we wanted people to connect with the characters. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, huge, hugely successful mission accomplished, oh, I'd say. Yeah. Uh, so plus. so Steve, how about yourself? Where where was that sort of inflection point for you, where you're like, oh my God. this is what I'm doing. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a games Just guy. Just yesterday, in fact. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, like, I don't even still, I feel, still don't feel like I am, you know, in a way. But um, mm. when I, uh, so I'm from the East Coast. And I think, like, fortunately, if you grew up in the West Coast, specifically, like, in the sort of LA area or, like, more entertainment-centric hubs um, in the US, right? Like, there's a, there's a pipeline that's a little bit more clear to working in entertainment and working in, in um, arts, um, and that's just not there in New England mm-hmm. or it doesn't yeah. feel like it's there in New England. Yeah. Um, and also like when I was going to college, there weren't really prominent game, uh, uh, programs. Yeah. Majors like, and classes. Yeah, yeah. There just really weren't. There was a few, yeah. but they weren't like high regarded or anything still like that. Only just budding like yeah, RIT yeah. has a, a rising program, but yeah. not many colleges care about it yet, but there just weren't those clubs really, or at least they, was, they weren't accessible to me. And mm-hmm. so, um, yeah, I had taken some programming classes in high school and I just thought, oh, this isn't, this doesn't, this isn't how my brain works, right? This isn't really for me. Did it put you into a deep depression, Steve? It uh, (laughs) definitely bummed me out. Let's say it definitely bummed me out. But, but I was in, but my, my major passion back then was, was music and and playing music and playing in like a punk band and, you know, doing all the things you do in high school when you think you're cool and and whatever. So Mm -hmm. for me, I moved to LA to do music. Um, I had given up on video games because I didn't understand that there were different roles in video mm. games that you could do. And when I came, I, I met a bunch of people that um, that were into video games or that worked in video games. And I had a buddy at the time who who was working at Activision. And he was like, man, like, you know a lot about games. You seem to care a lot about games. You should come work with me. And I was like, yeah, dude, <laughs> like, sure. I didn't realize that that was possible. Like, I didn't realize that was a yeah. possibility. Um, yeah. He taught me all about, hey, this is this is how video game production differs from being a coder, right? Like, I didn't know the difference between being an engineer and being a tech artist and being a, like, I didn't know all the roles that went into making games. I had no clue, no clue. Mm. Um, and there wasn't YouTube tutorials to teach me how to use any, like, Unity was brand new at the time. It just, mm. things just weren't as accessible. And so- I honestly lucked into it. Like I, I was working at a juice bar trying to make ends meet and play music. And I just happened to meet some people that were like, that worked in the industry and they were like, Hey, come, come work for me. And so I got a job and I, I worked in production and it was like, and it was Rocky after that. Right. I got laid off and did the whole QA thing and really mm. came up and got into design. And like, I did that classic pipeline of like, if you don't know what you want to do in games, go into QA and just keep making impressions. Keep yeah. telling people you want more responsibility. It's so true. It's so yeah. true. Yeah. And I just, it, it was a little bit of luck, a, a little bit of like maybe naive um, persistence, you know, yeah. like, yeah. Yeah. Where I was just like, I think I can do this. I think I can do this. And like just getting yourself in the room with people and and realizing, oh, like I, I am valuable. I have, I have things to say here. And that's, and that's, mm. you know, you want to humble yourself, but you also want to, kind of yeah. understand that, hey, Show video value. games are not this complete black box that you have no um, understanding of. If you've played video games, you know what's quality. Like you were talking about UI earlier. Like, Justin, if you if you look at UI, you can be like, yeah, that's cool UI, that's bad UI, right? And then mm-hmm. it's just about kind of honing your interest from there and figuring out the elements of those things and how to break them yeah. down and, and how to utilize yeah. those tools. 
when you start asking questions and yeah. you start looking at things in like actual yeah. uh, consciousness, you start to realize you have way more opinions than you think. <laughs> like yeah. there's yeah. times when I would just play video games and it would just be like, okay, cool, this, that, and the other thing. But then after a while, you're just like, you know what? Did this better? <laughs> yeah. And I think I like this because of these reasons. And then it becomes. And, and don't thing. get me wrong. Early on, I made a lot of mistakes. I probably pissed a lot of people off. Not that I, not that I <laughs> mm-hmm. don't occasionally now, as but, one does. Um, but yeah, I thought I knew more than I did, of course, right? Um, but again, I, I met a lot of good people who mentored me and helped me, and you know, Sharif being one of those individuals. And uh, you know, and now, yeah, things are things are the way they are today. And like I said, I still don't always feel like I deserve to be in the room. Mm. Um, but it, that's the kind of thing you just have to imposter try to syndrome. And, yeah, 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 of course, we definitely all feel that. We all have that. Yeah, yeah it's very. Uh, <laughs> It's rampant around these yeah. parts, you know. Absolutely, because you always there's always someone that that you feel knows more than you about yeah. something, and right? they, yeah, yeah, that's why it's so important to be humble. You know what I mean? Like Justin yep. and I, we, I mean, since we started the whole like trying to get into the gaming industry, the motto has always been like, kind of fake it till you make it. And the truth yeah. is, is that it's like, yeah, we feel like imposters most of the time, but eventually you start to realize, man, I actually I might know things that could be yeah. helpful towards others. And then that value exchange plus the contacts and then the being in the right place at the right time. Like mm-hmm. there, like, I don't want to, I'm not a really superstitious person, but I will say there is a little bit of luck and kind of serendipitous things that have happened yeah. in our, Absolutely. in our journey alone that I can tell you, like if one thing didn't happen in somebody other, somebody else's life at this moment in that time, things would be completely on a different trajectory. You guys wouldn't have hit that critical hit. That's the thing. Hey, right. baby. That's, right. that's, that's it. what it is. Life is a series of crit- your success in life is a series of critical hits. That are plug, plug, RNG. plug. Thank you, Steve. Improve <laughs> <laughs> your crit rate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's that's, awesome. Is that your self-help book? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Wow, that's actually great. Uh, so that is definitely going to be a thing that we're going to – let me write that down real quick. I think. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> All right. So, so let's dig a little bit deeper. So we we met you guys at PAX. That was where we had our, our major activation where we got to see a uh, wrestle story for you guys. We haven't even – I realized that you know we're 20 minutes in and we haven't even gotten like the pitch yet. Do you guys want to like yeah. – lay out a wrestle story for us and then we can you know dig a little bit deeper into it sure let me let me put on my little pitch hat here imagine if i had a little (laughs) tiny pitch hat i should that's i should that That would be charming um so uh yeah so wrestle story is a uh, a game that we've been working on for quite some time um it's really something that came out of you know initially my love of pro wrestling like i said i grew up on the east coast i grew up in connecticut wwf wwe mm-hmm. county right so yeah. um i uh i love playing video games growing up obviously and and so naturally i gravitated towards wrestling games um you know started on nintendo and super nintendo and, and arcade games but ultimately i think really like much like a lot of other people um found the most enjoyment on the n64 um kind of multiplayer uh uh wrestling games right the wc yeah, the the revenge and no mercy and those games so um for me those games were extremely fun and they were the first time where like i was i really had access to like a robust character creator um and so i would spend like hours and hours and hours making my characters um and then i would bring them into the ring and it'd be really fun to you know play with my friends and, and all that stuff but kind of once that falls away there was nothing more there right i couldn't bring my character out and you know, cut promos on people and do journeys across a, like the world or a wrestling world. Right. I couldn't like really get into the long-term storytelling that wrestling is best at. Right. You've got mm-hmm. characters that have these storylines oh. that span 10 plus years. Right. And mm-hmm. so when we were thinking about, man, I always wanted to make a wrestling game. Um, 
how do we how do we take the things that are missing from wrestling games um and and inject them in right mm -hmm. and and retain the cool things about what we like about wrestling games um so it was really important that in our game wrestle story that you're able to make your own character and bring them out and explore a wrestling world you know, see things that are familiar to you in a wrestling world, be surprised by things because wrestling is all about surprises and turns um, and really like role play a wrestling character that you really can't do in any other wrestling game. Yeah, it's it's so cool because, you know, even just from the, the trailers that I've seen and everything that um, that's like surrounded the game as far as like marketing is concerned and stuff, mm -hmm. it really does push forward this this feeling of kind of like gravitas, like like mm -hmm. the, the showmanship of wrestling and, you know, the, the individual characters and stuff. So, Zoe, I'm actually curious from your perspective to really capture that feeling, like the look of wrestling. It's very distinct. You know, there there is this sort of like, you know, bravado that goes with it and every character has to look unique and special. I mean, not a small challenge. And especially, Steve, as you mentioned, adding like the, this character creation element to it. So you're like customizing the way you look. I mean, how did how did you really approach that challenge? And how did you find the look of what WrestleStory became? Was it just yeah, a brief was, or was there a lot of personal research? Um, yeah. I mean, it was a long journey of trial and error, I would say. We started when we started working on the game, we were thinking maybe it would be a pixel art game. Um, and then at a certain point we were like, well, we want the characters to really be able to sell their facial expressions. We want to be able to have a lot of, you know, fun grapples and, um, you know, maybe there's some limitations that doing a 2d game puts on some of the interactions that we want to have with the characters. So then we sort of moved it in a 3d direction. And at that point, um, it was, I mean, it, it's been, it's been a, it's been quite the road. The, the character creation um, aspect of it definitely puts some limitations on kind of what we can do with the characters um, because, you know, just scope and budget and everything is okay. Sure. We want to have characters of different proportions of different body shapes. Um, how do we handle that in terms of making a bunch of different outfits work for all those different body shapes? Mm -hmm. uh, is that something that we can realistically do um, and, you know, we just said, that's really important to us. So we're going to do it. And we're going to, we're going to take whatever limitations come from that on, you know, the back end. But I think, um, it's been a challenge, but it's been really fun. Like our, our characters reflect, I think a lot of the diversity in real world wrestling. So you're going to mm -hmm. have characters that are really ridiculously tall, really big, really muscular, or, you know, they got a big gut or they've got, you know, mm -hmm. women who are just like super jacked. You got like dudes who are really small and can do all these crazy flips. Like we wanted to have the range that you see in um, in the real world reflected in our game. And that's been really fun as a character designer to mm -hmm. kind of push the proportions of our characters really in really yeah. extreme ways. And we have um, such a diverse like cast of people at our studio as well. So I think like we really wanted to make sure that our characters reflected them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's, that's oh, a, always a good start for us is like, like, can we, we want to appeal to as many people as possible that might like this game, obviously, because we want, we want them to look at their character and say, yeah, that looks like me. That's, that's, that's good. I feel comfortable with this character. Um, so starting with the people in our studio and we like to build out a, 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 like a diverse studio just because that's, mm -hmm. you know, the right thing to do. And um, it's been really cool to see, like people being able to make their characters and kind of have them look like what they want them to look like. You know, it's, it's, it's cool. 
So I know you mentioned that it started as a potential pixel art game, right? But then yeah, it kind yeah. of grew in scope. So like at the point where you're like, okay, this is the art style now. Did the character scope, did it start or start somewhere? And then did it get to a point where it was just massive? Yeah, hmm. I mean, it's it's been, um, that's an interesting question. So yeah, the, the character- point do you have to dial it back and you're like, like we can't do this. <laughs> um. Honestly, I think it was kind of the opposite. So we started working, you know, in a direction. So the pixel art thing was literally like when we started working on this game two and a half years ago, we were like, maybe it will be pixel art. We very quickly moved away from that and moved into actually we want to do something 3D. So at that point, it was me kind of working, pulling different art styles that Steve and I were interested in, figuring out kind of how, how cartoony we wanted to push it, how realistic we wanted to push it what the balance was there because, you know, a lot of the wrestling games, I mean, pretty much every wrestling game that you see that exists now is leaning very heavily into realism. And we mm -hmm. kind of decided early on, we wanted to go the opposite direction, widen our scope or our sort of uh, funnel of people who might be interested in the game. And also just, you know, my personal art style is very cartoony and very. Bubbly. Yeah. I was going to say like, it looks like, so, it looks like Zoe's like, who's playing into the yeah. town. Like, yeah. Yeah. We, so it, I think like one um, there was there was a little bit of fear I think from from me initially to see how far we could push the proportions of the characters because we were not able to sort of validate the vision just with the team size that we had for a long time um, and so we would try some stuff and we would get the the, the models back and just feel like they weren't translating well from two D into three D. And there was a, so there was a, kind of a lot of back and forth of me working with the artist, working with Steve, trying to figure out like what is the sweet spot? Did the characters look fun? Did they look appealing? Did they look like someone you would want to play as or talk to or befriend? And uh, it took us a while to figure friend. that out. And then eventually, we did one pass, and it just like just wasn't working. And I remember like we got the model back, and Steve was like gone for like a week. And while he was gone, I, I was, was on like, a bender. Know, yeah, <laughs> he was going crazy. I was just like, this is not working. Um, I'm just going to redesign the entire cast of characters while he's gone. And then when he comes back, <laughs> I'm going to him and see what he thinks. And while he was gone, he was like, we need to redesign all the characters. Like, we need to change <laughs> our style. And so when we, like, came back, I was like, I have this presentation for you. I've, like, redesigned all the characters. They're all, like crazy stretched out and pushed and pulled now and he was like yeah this is like we this is what we should do and then we probably yeah. i think at that point showed um our lead programmer pj who was like oh my god like all <laughs> the characters are gonna have to pick each other up and pin each other and throw each other like well that's that's doing? actually that's actually something that's i think really important to the puzzle too is that yeah. like typically like when you play and this is something that i don't know if people even like notice or think about and i think they probably don't but um, when you're playing a game like Chrono Trigger or like the earlier like Final Fantasy turn-based games and mm -hmm. Pokemon or any, really anything that that is kind of in a similar genre to us, um, the characters don't touch each other really. You know, they yeah. they mm -hmm. shoot a, a fire blast or they like if they if they're meant to pick someone up, the character sort of just floats up into the air and then yeah. falls down. Um, and so they're they don't need these sort of interactions between characters like maybe an action game might need. But because this is wrestling and we really wanted to sell the impacts and make yeah. it feel distinctly like that is a wrestling move. We wanted, yeah. that was important to me that like a wrestling fan saw the move and said, 
that looks like that move, right? Yeah. So the characters grab each other and throw each other around. So when we have these big, huge bosses that are like four times the size of you, like you're still picking them up and it has mm-hmm. to not look crazy. Like it, it looks yeah. crazy, don't get me wrong, but in a good way. It, yeah. it, it needs to, it, have, like, characters like, can't be clipping through. Yeah, heads and, clipping yeah. through stomachs and stuff like that. Yeah. So I would say that's something that um, has taken a lot of, Yes. Uh, a lot of trial and error and as something that we're still kind of working through and validating that it will work. And, you know, we're figuring out like which characters, you know, some of the characters proportions do not map well across, you know, more generically used animations and they just Mm -hmm. need their own unique animations for certain things. It's fun fun to see the dumb scenarios that occur out of some of the weird. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, I can totally see the difficult. Yeah. I can definitely feel like the difficulty. What you're talking about is essentially uh, bringing design into the development world, right? The translation is never one to one. In fact, yeah. I mean, even if you have a designer that understands the developing world too and like is able to try to logic their way through with their designs, it tends to still be difficult. At least that's what I've heard. I don't know. I'm yeah. not a developer or a designer. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. think it's we're all. It, it's it's really just a matter of like building that um, that that dialogue um, mm-hmm. between between all the disciplines and and trying to break the barriers as much as possible and really like yeah. th- trying to understand the tools and trying to understand how things are constructed. Right. Like I think without that, you're going to, and sometimes you can go too far and it limits, it limits your creativity. So there's that balance. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. I think that was, that the- was the sort of balance that we had to strike is okay. We want to have, we want to be able to push the designs and the proportions and the style of mm-hmm. the characters so that we have, this crazy cast of really fun, you know, and appealing um, characters that the player is interacting with and also creating. And mm-hmm. we, you know, it was just like, okay, are we going to accept that there may be some funky stuff going on with some of the animations because of that? Mm-hmm. Or we may need to create unique animations for certain characters because the proportions are a little out there. Like, is that something that we accept? And is it a compromise that is worth it? Like, is it, it is, yeah. is it worth it to us? And, you know, I think early on, once we saw the character designs, we were like, yeah, we don't want to sacrifice this. Obviously yeah, there totally. are some, you know, some things that you have to sort of work around. And I think we'll still sort of figure out what those are as we get deeper into development. But that was something that was important to us to prioritize. Yeah, and, and I'm even thinking of just adding like, like there's even another layer of complexity, uh, just a footnote. I just want to mention, I thought I thought the story of you guys like both independently realizing that you need to change all the characters, yeah, and then, and then telling each other at the same time, like yeah. that's how you know you're you've got a great team. You know what I mean? Yeah, like that's yeah. when you're like me and my teammate are like on the same page. That's awesome. But I'm just thinking adding even one additional layer of complexity beyond like these characters having to touch each other and and, and do these types of things and you know lift people up and put them in holds and all, all kinds of crazy stuff. Now. If you're talking about complementing the art style, uh, Zoe, that you that you guys ultimately like came through with this more cartoony, uh, this more cartoony style, I mean, now you're talking about all these additional effects that have to complement all of those motions, right? I mean, you see things like shock waves when they hit the ground and like fire effects and all this kind of stuff. Like, I imagine even just to to really make it feel right is probably an insane lift. You know, it's it's one thing just for the characters to touch each other correctly, but then yeah. to, you know, create that real big like impact feeling when they hit the ground or, or each there's other. There's the timing like... elements as well too, right? Yeah. Where like the, yeah. the the whole Paper Mario kind of aspect, which we kind of touched on, which by the way, like a lot of people 
immediately are like, oh, that's it, it's interesting to see what touchstone people have for the kind of timing based attacks. So like for for people who aren't familiar, it's it's essentially like when you select an attack in the turn based combat, there's a visual that appears on the screen and kind of a rhythmic um, action command that you have to press to boost your damage and boost your success in the fight. Right. Yeah. And Very a lot of people are like, Mario. oh, that's like that's like Mario RPG. That's like Paper Mario or that's like the South Park Stick of Truth game. Or that's like mm-hmm. there's just like a lot of like kind of interesting touch points. Where I'm like, oh, OK, I think you're this age based on what you're yeah. saying. There, you know, like feel back the um, layers of the uh, yeah. the rings yeah. of the tree. But, but that's probably yeah. one of the hardest things in combat for us is we don't just have to say, OK, this move is going to do, you know, this much, much damage and it's going to have a fire element essentially. Right. Mm-hmm. In our game, we don't use fire and ice we use power and high flying and you know wrestling things wrestling stuff yeah yeah but um but but we also have to take into account like how do these animations work in time with one another and and Mm -hmm. how do we cut up the animations to to sort of Mm -hmm. um to make all that work and then does it feel fun and does it feel like badass right like when it happens you want to feel like you're doing it right like you want to feel like you're you're executing this command yeah Yeah. oh man i like the action commands to fit with the animation and the impact is definitely a fun Mm -hmm. challenge so yeah so design and development are happening simultaneously is that right because absolutely man because like i i had weird like so one of, uh, I mean, given my scope of uh, understanding on game development is very yeah. limited to what YouTube tells me and the people that we've met in the industry, right? But most of the yeah. things that I've heard, not even most actually, what the way that I've pre my preconceptions of the the process was always like, well, somebody decides what kind of game it's going to be, then we yeah. go into the development aspect where we're building out yeah. like the engine that's going to be placed in, and then we're giving the specs of what these particular move sets and like what the brief is to the designers yeah. for them to put it in, then we hone and then we. Like then we launch right, and you know, but like, like that's what I used to think too, and that's what is so in, what I, what was so intimidating to me about design initially yeah. before I truly understood what the process was. Right, like I I thought that design was you put a bunch of stuff on paper mm-hmm. and you say you know you're effectively an architect, right? And mm-hmm. and yeah. and some some parts of design are that, um, mm-hmm. but there's so much more. Um, real world testing like ar- architecture is both art and math and you know like yeah and and um it's like art and physics meeting together it's like function and in, in, in design yeah. right yeah and and i mean game design is the same you know yeah. and like if it's all about experiencing the feeling of the game design right so oh, you, can that makes put, sense. Yeah, you can put anything on paper um but that doesn't allow you to feel anything yeah. Um, yeah. Until you so get make this on. impactful. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, exactly. Like that can example, mean anything. Yeah. Just to give you like an example of kind of what our process is for getting a move into the game. Um, you know, design will will say we want to have this character do a power slam. So they'll write up a little spec. They'll they'll give us some reference images of what kind of power slam it is. Then we talk about okay, what kind of action command does it have to work the timing with? So then we have a workshop with the animator. And our programmer, we talk through, you know, some of the technical considerations like, okay, this part of the animation needs to loop because that's where we're going to pop up the action command that's going to show the timing. This is when the slam is going to happen. It needs to feel like this because it's going to occur, you know, at this point after that. And that's all before anything's in the game, right? This is all like us talking about it. And you're yeah. not allowed to have decision fatigue at all in the game. You oh it sounds no decision. Fatigue decision fatigue is, will uh, kill your project. Yeah, that's why the 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 
successful projects just get made. Like, and yeah. sometimes like, like, and when I say that, I mean like you, you just start making them and you just keep making them and they turn into something. Like it's really hard Put to the like, colors on the board until it makes something good until it makes something. And that's yeah. why like some, you hear people being like, I started making this one kind of game. And then now it's like this completely different kind of game. It's cause mm-hmm. they just followed where the game wanted them to go. Yeah, like once your game gets big enough, you just follow it. And that's where like somewhat, you know, obviously we're all making decisions and we're all being like trying to be smart about it. But at the end of the day, these are game worlds. Like they're huge and it's really hard. Like we don't always have a bird's eye view of every single piece of the game at all times. So we just have to like trust our instinct in that moment and, and go with what we think the game needs then and just keep building and building and building. That is beautiful. It's almost as if the game itself does eventually take on, a personality of its own and like if you try to retrofit your own like kind of direction into it when it doesn't feel right the game's not going to feel good basically well said, so you have to yeah, listen to the absolutely. game when what it was that's fascinating nobody well, it's kind of I've comforting too before. right it's comforting yeah. because like at a certain point this is not zoe and my game anymore sure like right. there's a lot of our personality in the game and there's a lot of our sensibility in the game um and we're driving the change in many mm-hmm. ways mm-hmm. but so many more contributors have jumped in and the game itself has just evolved based on the needs that we wouldn't like, sometimes you just don't know you need something until you know you need it. Like, yeah, you know, like some, someone will come out of left field and be like, Hey, I, this would be cool. And then we're like, Oh man, this, that's essential. We have yeah. to put that in. You never, you never would have thought of that on paper. It doesn't yeah. make you less of a designer or less of a, 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 a kind of a person who understands games and what they not need. listening and not being open would probably make you less of a designer. <laughs> and that's where you drop the ego and you move forward. Yes. And you say that, that the ideas are the ideas and even the ideas that I have and that Zoe has like, you know, those who knows where those come from. I don't know. Like now we're getting into inspiration and all that other yeah. stuff. But it's I just like, that. yep, you just have a thought and you do it. And it's like, what's the difference of whether I had a thought, whether someone else had a thought, like it doesn't matter as long as it, makes the game really fun and yeah, yeah. Makes it cooler, I, makes say, it more I feel like a lot of the like the philosophy of tiktok in general but I, and i think specifically on Russell's story is like really you know you have to focus on like what is the best experience for the player and mm-hmm. so at that point you really do have to put your ego aside and be like well i really like this thing but it's not that fun or the timing of it doesn't feel good or mm-hmm. it's, it's not, it's not hitting the way that we intended it to hit. So you take it out, you try again, you redo it. Like, yeah. and it's not about the person who had the idea. It's not about whatever. It's like, is this fun for the, is it going to make a better product playing the game? Yeah. Then yeah. if the answer is yes, then that's, that's the, that's the way you definitely celebrate the person who has the idea still though. Like, like that's one thing that we, that we really do is like I, early on, I was like, you know, if you do something um, and we are all saying, Oh yeah, it's okay. Like Mm -hmm. there's nothing wrong with that, but we should all be striving for like, Oh hell yeah. Like people people on Slack or on a call when they see like a new animation come in or like a new design concept, like hell yeah, that's awesome. Or you get like chills, you know, like, like that's what we're always striving for. Like, you can't hit that every day all the time, but right. it's iterative, right? It's like, I'd rather someone give me a first draft that makes me go, hmm, this gives me something to think about. It's not perfect. Cool. It doesn't make me say, hell yeah, but it, it gives me something to think about. And then we mm-hmm. can find the road to the best possible thing from there. Totally. It seems like it's just such such an 
evolving process. Like every day is going to be a little bit different. And I feel like those boosts of like, like, yo, this animation came through today and it looks awesome. And it kind of like reinvigorates that spirit. And you're just like, let's keep going. Let's, let's make another one. Let's do this other thing. There's something yeah. to say about also the people in the studio that also feel that way. Like, I feel like a lot of the times, I mean, okay. So I came from originally like the corporate world, healthcare, mm-hmm. super gray, super dry. Loved it. Loved it. Um, <laughs> all in all, I would say like you never really felt that ex- like that exclamation with those types of uh, like, I guess, mm. like that kind of work that you're doing. But then when you when you join something that's like true passion, like people are in it for the game, they're in it for the product because they believe in it. And then suddenly you, you have a whole group of people that are still pushing in one direction. It's like, yeah, moments like that are like more eligible, I would say, like in the gaming industry. Also, it's like the creative side of things mixed with like interesting i guess entertainment plus you know actual like the gameplay elements of video games versus like movies it's like a different creative field but it's interesting because it brings all these different types of people together including designers and developers you know what i mean yeah um yeah and oftentimes they're one of the same yeah what was that Uh, (laughs) (laughs) saying you really do get momentum on the team like like I'm thinking of when we started sort of ramping up for packs, we started getting, you know, we were working on a lot of concepts for things. We started to finally get the models in and then mm-hmm. you start to see them in the engine. You start to get some, you know, some moves for animation. Once in. we got the sound effects in, I was like, yes. oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. like the excitement builds like every morning I was like, we have, we have this amazing team um, in the Philippines that is TikTok games. Um, as well. So we have like TikTok in, you know, in the States and then we have TikTok in the Philippines. And so they're obviously working opposite hours from us. So every morning I would log on to Slack and I would have these big drops from the team over there. Yeah, and so awesome. it was so exciting. I just, I couldn't wait to see, like to log on to work in the morning to see what they had made. And then like, you, know, you just cool get feeling. this like, yeah, it's this momentum where everyone is sort of like, just pushing towards one goal and yeah. it's very exciting and like very contagious that that just the yeah. the, um, the sort of collective energy of seeing the vision validated and seeing it all kind of come together um, and so you so, didn't even so, want to be in video games <laughs> yeah i know well it's funny that i said that i think like there is so much about games that obviously is what i would have been looking for in a job that i just mm-hmm. i think i i put up the wall there because i just had my own sort oh, of oh and that was totally a joke like i did, you know, I, I totally understand but yeah. the team the team aspect of working collaboratively with people in games is like the energy of it i think is yeah. is really special it's very cool yeah, yeah. So it, it looks like PAX was this kind of like major milestone, right? It was like one of these, like everyone's yeah. pushing towards this goal. I mean, how was your response there? I mean, we obviously saw how people came back and rated the game and it, it came out, you know, the, the ratings all came back in enormously positive. But I'm curious, just like from boots on the ground, watching people play it for yeah. the first time. I mean, what's, what's that feeling like, you know? I mean, I think um, this is going to sound very cliche, right? But I, it was it was incredibly humbling because we are doing this thing in a vacuum for so many years, right? Like we're, we're essentially, we're not allowed to tell anyone about it, right? Because we're, mm-hmm. we're trying to keep our IP safe and keep yeah. our game safe. And um, so it's, it's, it's really hard and you don't know, right? Mm-hmm. So we've shown it to friends and family and, and, and people close by us. Um, but you never, you, you never know what kind of response you're going to get because of course they're going to be like encouraging and, and yeah. great. So 
I think by the time we got to PAX, we were all so focused on getting the the, the game done that we weren't thinking a lot about it um, mm. and what the response might be. Um, but when when we started seeing the good response, it was kind of like, oh yeah, like it's very very much a reminder that like we're making this game for pe- these people that are going to get excited about it. And and we yeah. had a ton of people, you know, who one thing we love is that you know this game is is true to wrestling it will hit hard for wrestling fans um mm-hmm. but it's also specifically designed to be accessible and interesting to people that maybe are just kind of wrestle curious you know like mm-hmm. they watched uh they watched glow and they were interested <laughs> in it or a, a friend got them to watch wrestlemania um you know, or, or, or they're just, Hey, I just really like turn-based games and I want a new theme. That's not fantasy, you know, that's exactly the camp that I fall into. I mean, I'm, I'm like a major, major RPG fan, especially with the old school stuff. So it was funny when you're saying people notice these references, I mean, right away, I'm like that, like that exact move is thousand year door. Like I see it right there. You know what I mean? Um, So, so recognizing stuff like that, but then also just from the perspective of, okay, this, this game just looks cool. Like it looks, I'm saying like aesthetically, like I'm just attracted to the, to how things are moving and the way characters are interacting with each other and all this kind of stuff. We're like, I mean, just personally, I'm not really a wrestling guy. Like not, not that I don't like it, but it's just not, it hasn't really been like a significant part of my life, but it's almost like everything around it is compelling enough where I'm like, I just want to see what's going on here. You know what I mean? If, if you're telling me a cool story and I like the way it feels to interact with this world, then I'm down, you know, I've been saying that the wrestling it's, it is a story about characters who are wrestlers. It's not, Mm. it's not a story about wrestling. Um, Yeah. So the, the characters wrestle and the world is wrestling themed, but at the end of the day, the, the game is about the characters and them, uh, bonding together and then maybe not sometimes not bonding together. And yeah. the, obviously they're doing wrestling moves. Their, their aspirations are all wrestling centric, you know, like the world is filled with wrestling tailors and wrestling press and wrestling therapists. Like yeah. everything is wrestling centric, like it is in maybe Pokemon or something. Um, but it's about, it's about the characters and the, it's it's about the friendships you make along the way. About the yeah. friends, maybe. It's yeah. Funny. yeah. Like you mentioned so many- this before. Oh, oh, sorry. sorry, go ahead, Justin. Yeah, you mentioned before. I just wanted to touch on this because I felt something very similar when we were at PAX 2. The validation is crazy. You said it perfectly. You're like, we're building this game in a vacuum for like two years. We can't tell anybody about it. Nobody knows whether or not, like, we don't know whether or not it's going to be good. Yeah. And then when you come out at PAX, you're like, oh, wow, I didn't re- I didn't recognize how badass we were. We were yeah. totally <laughs> in it all the time. Yeah. And I got to say, like, the a relatable story there for us is like, man, like, so I left my job in 2015 so I could start on this like uh, on this journey that we've been on. And like eight years later, we take this like idea and we bring it to PAX. And like, I will tell you, there is definitely like a lightning bolt of fear that I was bringing to the table on day one because I was just like, man, what if I just found out that eight years of my life were spent on? (laughs) That is scary. (laughs) It was super scary. And at the end of the fourth day, I remember coming back down and we went to we went back to the Airbnb with the team. And I just like I just broke down, man. It was crazy. Yeah. I was like, really, yeah. I, it was just so nice to just be validated by people. And it was a it was a feeling for sure. So I totally understand what you guys are feeling. You, I mean, you guys you guys did something remarkable. You know, you put you you identified something in the market that yeah. just wasn't 
wasn't good for consumers or wasn't as good as it could be for consumers and for fans of video games. And you're helping to put that together. And that just has a knock-on effect of also helping developers to connect better, right? Well, so at the end of the day, that symbiotic relationship that you guys are facilitating is going to help to make, to, to help people find the games that they, they want to play and to help them shorten that feedback loop between yeah. themselves and developers to make, to make that thing really special. And honestly, one thing that you guys have that, that other people that maybe have tried things like this don't have is the fun element, right? You, this is about games and, and, and fandom of games and the idea of gamer houses and like taking a quiz to get into a gamer house. Like that just, I think that just immediately resonates with people and getting like sort of like their own badges and classifications and, you know, like, maybe at some point leveling up through that process, yeah. like whatever that may be, like oh, it's definitely. all stuff that I think resonates and it doesn't seem like it's coming from the perspective of like, like, like kind of a cash grab vibe. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, some people yeah. try to gamify things and it's like, Oh, you're just gamifying this. So I like spend more Pay. time and yeah. give you money. It's like, you guys have a real genuine passion for it and it shows. You, so man. yeah. Congratulations. Well, you guys well, deserve all the success. Thank you Appreciate so much for those kind words. I mean, it it has been an interesting process to to create this. You know, Justin said it's it's been a number of years, and I think really w where it came from. I mean, there's like this philosophy that we've kind of worked from, which was uh, we call it like the lunch table philosophy, right? Like when you're young and you're playing games and stuff, you're surrounding yourself with your friends, you know, people like minded, right? And that's where you'd get your recommendations from. And at least in the era that we grew up in, it was like, you know, what'd you run a blockbuster this week? <laughs> and, yeah. and was it cool, right? So there was a lot of uh, like cross-pollination of games that way. And what we often find is like the games that would be, let's say, uh, you know, critically received not as well, like let's say a 70 on Metacritic or something. Mm -hmm. It's like that that could have been our favorite game for a few months because it just hit with us in a certain way. And yep. so often, I mean, as we got into games media and all of this, the common notion, and it's been said for years, is like the numbered review means doesn't mean what it should mean, or it's it could be, you know, uh, influenced by people in one direction or the other, or whatever the case may be. So it was just like the usefulness of that started to deteriorate. And yeah. we saw this and we're like, like, we get it. Like everything that everyone's saying makes all the sense in the world. And wouldn't it just be better to find the types of games that are going to resonate with you based on the type of person that you are? And Especially because, because the, the game concepts are so much more niche today, like with, with yeah. the availability of development tools, like it's possible that your favorite game might be so hated by a majority of players, but mm -hmm. because it like hits on these very specific things that you really like, yes. it could be your favorite game. Like who knows? Exactly you never know. Right. So how would that you discover it? How would you discover that? Yeah. 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 You know, I mean, do we still get, oh man, we still get a uh, press release uh, information from like before events because I mean, we're still technically press, right? Yeah. How many emails come into the inbox with games that have genre monikers like 10 to 15 lists long just to try to grab your yeah. attention in some way or shape or form? And, like, what does that mean anymore? Name or something. Yeah. It's yeah. crazy. It's crazy. So, so like you said, I mean, when, when we really started to push the idea forward a bit, it was, it was really encouraging to see how people were connecting with it. And honestly, we just love games. I mean, we're lifelong yeah, gamers. Yeah. So the idea of, of creating this kind of like identity with it and, and, and creating this sort of like gamified way to interact with the site and stuff, it, this is all top of mind. And then really the, the icing on the cake is getting to meet with guys like yourselves, right? And be like, Hey, is there a way that this could be useful to you too? And like help, help your games find their audiences and, and all this kind of stuff. And that's, that was just something that 
I don't know, it, it really kind of brought the whole idea together and being at PAX and being able to, you know, being able to meet the devs and being able to meet the people, it really kind of pulled the whole vision together. So it was uh, it was really encouraging to see that. That's Thank you for this idea. moment of self-indulgence. Yeah, it was very it's nice. not, but, but, not but, supposed but, to be like. I think that I think that it's valuable. Like, if if there are people that are out there that are like, I had this idea, and I'm like scared, and it's like, well, yeah, we've been working on this game for many years. You guys have been working on your venture for many more years, and it's like, you know, if, if there's passion there, and if there's at the core an unshakably good idea, right? Mm -hmm. Then you can make it happen, right? So for us, That's it's like hard. the the wrestle story idea of hey, like the idea is. There are there are no uh, like wrestling games with stories, and that is such a core part of what is great about wrestling. You can't mm -hmm. you can't fight that idea, right? So yeah. for us, it was easy to always lean on that and be like, we're making this game for that purpose. So as long as you have that that purpose, then that's yeah. really what matters. You know, it's funny because like the purpose is totally true, and fear is highly mm. likely the killer for most great ideas. But the truth is, is like. You know, and this is what I, this is what we talk about with a lot of our friends too. It's like, if you have an idea that essentially means that you're seeing something that others might not see, and that requires more research, like don't yeah. just poo poo it away. It's like, there's a, something. I mean, it's almost like art. It's like everybody has their own type of art and everybody else. These ideas are our comments. They're like our yeah. understandings in this reality. And we're only seeing like this particular perspective, but like the truth yeah. is like, there's probably something there which requires a little bit more digging. A lot of people aren't willing to do the digging because it is it, it is scary and it takes a lot of time and effort. But man, you can do it. I there promise. are riches in those <laughs> niches. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like when you talk, see those talk things. to your friends, talk to people yeah. about it. Like, like just just talk about it. I mean, that's the that's that was the best tool for me is just like sitting with people that I like and that like mm -hmm. games and just being like, hey, what do you think about this? This seems kind of cool, yeah. right? Yeah, that yeah. would that would be kind of cool. And then just really or writing how it you down and getting mm -hmm. someone to draw it and be like, look, yeah. like really like take it out of your brain as, as quickly yeah. as you can, even if it, even if it's ugly or it kind of sucks, like take mm -hmm. it out of your brain and show other people and let them add to it. You know, like, yeah, fully, like, totally true. That's awesome. Fully, it's awesome. And I feel like coming through a game development process and watching so many ideas, right. The look, the feel, the mechanics, the the story, everything coming together to be something. It's got to be an unbelievable feeling. So I just want to say like a huge congrats to you guys for how uh, how well PAX went for you. I think the game looks incredible. Uh, for our listeners, where can they find out more about Wrestle Story right now? Yes. So you can go to WrestleStory.com or you can go on Steam and search Wrestle Story. Um, the best thing that you can do for us is wishlist the game, even if you don't have a steam account currently like we're, we're working on stuff to try to get the game on out on different platforms it's unannounced currently but um the best thing that people can do is is really click that wish list button because that allows us to go to publishers and and um other people who can help us and say hey there's this many people that really want to play this game um help us you know yeah yeah uh, amazing so, so yeah, for us, we're, we're out there looking pounding the pavement trying to get more funding for our game so that it can come out and be as awesome as possible Absolutely. 100%. Are you guys going to be at Steam Next Fest by any chance? Not on this Steam Next Fest, but we okay. we will probably be at a few other, uh, as of yet, kind of unannounced um, little collectives and different things around LA and other places. So, ah, cool. a reason to we'll follow be, we'll you guys on social and see what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, guys, thank you so much for your time today. Uh, today, this has just been a fantastic conversation. I love learning more about your process and how you're building this amazing game. So, thank you so much for uh, for your time. Uh, Steve and Zoe, we appreciate you. Uh, yes. Listeners, 
You can always check us out at critrate.io. Uh, come find your gaming profile and start rating games and learn, you know, about other awesome games like Russell's Story that are uh, that could be right up your alley. Uh, for now, thank you, Zoe. Thank you, Steve. And thank you, Justin. Thank you. Thank <laughs> no you, guys. <laughs> That's something you have to do. And we'll see you on the next one. Bye, everybody. Bye.